Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> we represent the Lollipop Guild, the Lollipop Guild. Hey, Froth, it's Weird Gerald, and this is my brother Larry and my other brother Larry. <laughs> that night below recap was hilarious. For some reason, those gnomes just had me thinking of a combination of the munchkins and... Larry, Daryl, and Daryl from the Newhart Show. And then Garunzer, the Orog, held in place on the saddle, bouncing around like something from Weekend at Bernie's. It's just, <laughs> the imagery was hilarious. Oh, and then uh, your tribute to your uh, friend that passed in your game group. Very cool and also touching. Great recap, Froth. Keep it up. Hey everybody, it's Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast and Blog, happy Sunday, hope you're doing well. Wherever you are in the world, thank you very much for listening, I appreciate it. Um, You just heard there from Rob C., legendary anchorite from the Down in a Heap podcast, uh, referencing last week's Night Below recaps uh, on Sunday as I recap my campaign that I run Saturday nights, uh, using the, the swollen, bloated TSR second edition era box set night below. I run, uh, well, it's like a first edition base, mostly first edition AD and D, but, uh, simplify a lot of things using the, uh, BX, um, rules like initiative and, uh, simpler morale and stuff like that. So as Rob was kind of talking about last week, the the party had finished off these orcs and had met some Smurf Neblin. And, uh, basically if if you're just tuning into this or have just sporadically listened to these, the whole beginning of the campaign, the, the party kind of slowly finds out about these, kidnappings of spellcasters going, you know, they're happening in this area called the Heronshire and, um, everything kind of leads to, you know, there's different cultists and humanoids involved and, uh, but they're serving, you know, greater powers, darker masters. And, uh, the party has found out that they're, they're abducted spellcasters are being taken deep into the underdark. Mind flayers are somehow involved. They don't know, but apparently mind flayers are not the not the 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 worst of the things to be feared. So who knows where it goes? But after finishing off the orcs last week, the party uh, encountered these deep gnomes. They kind of just came out popping out of the walls. So they've actually got some interesting abilities. Like if they don't want you to see them, you're not going to see them. Basically. They can uh, hide themselves with magic as well as just by standing still. They can kind of blend in with walls. Even InfraVision won't see them uh, without a, a, a good percentage roll. So what, one thing I thought I'd mention is, you know, in the book, the main author of uh, Night Below is Carl Sargent. There's this passage, role-playing note. Do not play the deep gnomes as jokey figures of fun. They are not 
tinker gnomes were the more frivolous kind generally. They're serious, grave little folk who do what they must to survive. And, uh, so of course I ignore that completely. <laughs> I just make them, hello, we're the Sturf Neblin, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, not going to follow that advice, uh, at all. So as Rob mentioned, there's somewhat a candle of munchkins, but uh, this time, uh, you know, the party had, had gone to kind of regroup and, and, and gear up for further misadventures in the Underdark. And, you know, we're told by the, the gnomes that, you know, to meet them after they regrouped and that, uh, you know, they basically had seen other adventuring parties kind of get slaughtered down there before and they didn't want to back a, back a loser, so to speak. They didn't want to support a party that was going to maybe lead mind flares to their, to their door. So they were going to give the party a, a quest, you know, to prove themselves and, uh, told them to come back in a few days. So the party left, returned to Heron, the uh, Millbourne little town in the Heronshire, basically as heroes and came back. So, uh, they spend the night in the orc caverns and in the morning, all of a sudden the snurf neblin start popping out of the walls and I gave him a little song this time dum dum diddle day dum dum diddle day well we work all morning to the middle of the day dum dum diddle day from the middle of the morning to the middle of the day dum dum diddle day well, we work all morning to the middle of the day we work all morning <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous but uh, and then you know they've got one one is named Weird Gerald, who kind of has one eye that's doing its own thing. And so when, it, when they, everybody finishes the song, dum 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 day, you just hear Weird Gerald kind of miss the ending and go, in the middle of the morning. I don't know. I amuse myself with that. I don't know how it translates to the podcast. But So anyway, they the Snurf Neblin, Snurf Neblin, the Smurf Neblin. I think I've been calling him Snurf Neblin. That's easier for me to say, but I think it's Snurf Neblin. I'm going to say Snurf Neblin. The Snurf Neblin. Again, reiterate that, uh, that they've got a quest for them if they want their help. And they basically tell them that they've got this cavern full of trolls near uh, the gnomes' little city, underground city maze. And that's what they want the, the party to take care of. Now, the campaign up until now has been pretty much sandbox style. I mean, it's got a, it's got a plot, but kind of roam where you want. It's getting a little bit tighter now, though. So, the, you know, the party can just go wander the Underdark if they want. But if they want the gnome's help, they kind of got to do this. Of course, trolls... This kind of came up, you know, in D&D, I mean, it's not a new game, you know what I mean? So people talk about metagame knowledge and all this, and personally, I don't mind a little bit of metagaming. I just think it's, at this point, it's just natural to it, because it's like, what, we're going to all make believe we don't know what hit points are, or, you know, some of these monsters that have been around, you know you know, 45 years, you know what I'm saying? So 
I mean, it's possible people don't know what trolls are, but expecting everybody at the table to just have this kind of silent agreement just to play dumb about stuff is, to me, it's, it's pointless. Like, I don't mind a little metagaming. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, wouldn't want the game to just devolve into just constant mechanical discussion or anything. And it doesn't at my table, but, but at the same time, you know, if you're down to three hit points, I don't mind, mind you saying, I'm down to three hit points. Can I get a heal? You know, you don't have to go through the song and dance of my character looks like they're really beaten up and would need some magic. You know, I don't care if you say what your hip, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know how other people think about that. To me, it's, it's more work, <laughs> more work to try to, I guess what I'm saying is even though the party has never seen trolls before, or whatever they, they're smart enough to know, um, you know, the, the trolls are pretty dang powerful and some of the party, at least one of them is still just like third level and several are fifth, several are fourth. So the, the snurf neblin also say, you know, look, if you, if you don't feel that you're completely up to the task of the trolls, you know, you can continue to, you know, gain experience fighting, and the great Rockdale, you know, defeating those humanoids would also benefit us. But to get our full cooperation, you'll need to take care of the trolls. So I kind of gave them a, a little bit of an out or just something else that they can do. Because I don't want them to just feel like all, the, you know, they've already kind of gone through this with the Orc Cave where they had to get through the Orc Cave. And that's just part of where, you know, one of the things they had to do. You do get railroaded into that. But I didn't want to railroad them into something that, that uh, you know, quite likely could have been a losing proposition for them. Wanted to give them some options so that, you know, they could roam the Underdark without the gnome's help. They could, you know, hell, they could just leave the Heronshire if they want, but there wouldn't be any fun in that and not playing the adventure. Um, or I guess it could be fun, but I mean, why play the adventure for a year tracking down these kidnappers if you're not going to follow that lead? Or they could uh, take the chances with the trolls, or they could uh, continue working to eradicate the humanoids in the uh, Great Rockdale. Maybe find some more magic items and stuff like that to help themselves. So the party ends up deciding to go to the Great Rockdale. And then... Uh, come back and work on the trolls after uh, maybe gaining some experience, finding some more magic items. Cause they did find some good stuff when they were in the great Rockdale earlier in the campaign. Great Rockdale is this rift cave area infested with humanoids. And, uh, it's not really expanded on that much in the night below module, but I'm using a different module to substitute for the great Rockdale classic era module that I've reskinned some stuff. Um, so as not to be familiar to some players, it's classic, uh, well-known module that I'm using for it. So if you just think about caves full of humanoids, you probably have an idea of what I'm using. But like I say, I've tweaked it, especially given that the party's higher level. Um, so they make their way through the Underdark to get back to the Great Rockdale. And uh, on the way, I roll a random encounter. And now this is a cool monster. I thought I'd spend a minute talking about from the Fiend Folio. 
One I hadn't used before. The Assassin Bug. Anybody out there familiar with the Assassin Bug? Well, okay, so it's it's the concept is good. It's got some drawbacks, but it's basically like these huge flies, like two foot long flies that kind of have human looking appendages for some unknown reason. But you only find two. You encounter two at a time, the male and the female, and they're you only encounter them on certain days when they're mating. And basically, the the male fly will come and try to sting somebody, and if he does, it paralyzes part of the body and then the female comes to that spot that got bit and lays her eggs in the you know in the target in the pc or whatever and then after about 24 hours the eggs start hatching and they start devouring the host's internal organs and uh the only way you can get rid of the implanted eggs is through a limited wish or heal spell and anyway um that's at least during the uh, like gestation period or whatever and then you can you know try to heal them after that so it's really nasty little creatures but of course there's only two of them and they're just one plus one hit dice so they the mage just put them to sleep. They fell out of the sky. They didn't get to do anything. So I was thinking about this monster. Like, it could be really cool, really grotesque thing to use against a party. But given the strength of the monsters, the only real way to use it is by surprise or maybe hits them in their sleep. Or maybe you could use them against an NPC or something and be a plot hook or something. So there's a cool idea in there somewhere with the laying the egg, you know, gross out idea with the larva being born inside the body and all that. It's nasty, nasty concept, but, um, the mon they're so weak that they, they just their chance to hit not very good. And there's only two of them. And so they lose initiative. It's kind of over for the old assassin bugs. But then if you use them from surprise or on like a player that's asleep or whatever, it's just kind of a cruel thing to do. <laughs> You know, it's a, there's no fair way to use them, I guess is what I'm saying. They're too weak to be a challenge to the party if the party's aware. And then if you use them against the party when the party's unaware, you're kind of just a, a you know, you're kind of just a cruel GM. It's like, oh, you wake up and you're, you know, you've got some kind of larva being born inside you. You know what I mean? There's no... um there's no way to use the concept as written. There's no great way to use the concept, but not a great name either. Assassin bug, but still, um, pretty cool monster. Um, interesting monster there from the fiend folio that I had never used in a game before. It came up on a random table. So I was like, huh, the assassin bug, that's a weird one. <laughs> so, after uh, quickly defeating the two assassin bugs, um, the party made their way further towards the Great Rock Dale. Finally made it back. Uh, you know, the, the underground cavern leads back into a passage they had found from one of the caves there earlier in the, the campaign. So they arrived back into the cave that they had explored before and spend the night. So they wake up the next day and it's the 12th, which as I mentioned last week, I mentioned on other night blow recaps is the the day of saint mojo it's the day in honor of a friend of ours that 
passed away um, towards the beginning of the campaign. Played my games for for years. He was a great player, a great person. Uh, you know, very much missed by everybody. And I decided to make the day that he passed, the 12th, um, to be a special day in my campaigns. And for, um, for there's like luck in the air. I made him like the patron saint of, of luck and chance and, and games. And so the players all get a free re-roll that day. And then there's just kind of luck in the air. So things favor the players, just kind of good things happen. Like if, if you fell off a cliff, you'd probably miraculously survive and land on your feet or something. That's just a random example. So, um, when we get back from this short break, I'll tell you what happened on the 12th. And now a word from our sponsors. So the party wakes up and uh, kind of goes out to survey the, the Great Rock Dale, which is kind of, like I mentioned, like a gorge or a chasm infested with demi-humans and a bunch of different caves. And the caves are all kind of on different, uh, you know, different ledges of different heights, kind of in 25-foot intervals and everything. So the party looks down at the you know, 25-foot below ledge and they're, it's dotted with several caves. So they just kind of just pick one uh, south cave. And so, you know, they've got their four henchmen with them and they, 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 uh, rappel down without any, um, you know, without trouble come to one door and the door it says written on there, we'd like to have you for dinner. <laughs> so a little gallows humor from Gygax there. Party is, uh, smart they they miss this secret latch that'll just easily open the door but they cast silence on the door they have a cleric cast silence on it so it makes no noise when they break it in so they're able to enter the cave completely undetected puck the dwarf thief with uh, kind of his stealthy abilities and um, and provision start scouting around, scouting ahead, and it's mostly just empty tunnels. Eventually, after like, you know, probably, you know, 15 minutes of what would be like in-game time of scouting around, one of the guard, a guard from a nearby post comes upon them, and it turns out these are gnolls, so gnolls are inhabiting this cave. So they've got like five or six gnolls coming from one side and, and two or three from the other. And um, the mage, Lanix, puts like several of them to sleep and the party makes quick work of the other two. I don't think anybody got injured in the first skirmish. And so the party goes to look where a couple of them came from and there's this torture chamber and uh, the gnolls have been in there, you know, doing their gnoll thing, torturing some people. They've got a kind of an overweight merchant that was tied up and then a couple of fighter types that were tied up and the, the two fighter types end up being these men at arms that had uh, previously been with the party uh, via Lord Palfrey's keep and these are ones that had helped them in the Great Rockdale before but had both, one had fled, you know, just had had enough, the other kind of fled after sort of getting paid, but they, uh, they both had left the party, you know, failed the morale checks, didn't want any more to do with it. And, um, but the party hadn't seen them again. And when they'd returned to the Palfrey keep, uh, 
there was no sign of these men at arms and uh, it turns out they were abducted here and they've been here and so unfortunately the men at arms have been beaten to you know even a heel spell wouldn't have brought back their uh full faculties they were uh, you know just brutal you know been brutalized the merchant on the other hand immediately starts trying to bribe Puck to get him out of there and promising him an honorary membership at the guild back at Verba Bank, money, grapes, <laughs> anything he can think of. But he's a little pushy and everything and uh, kind of annoying the party, you know. And the whole Knoll Cave is a nasty, I mean, of course, it's a torturer, but the Knoll Cave is a nasty place and there's just little tufts of... Uh, matted hair everywhere, urine, they just seem to like, you know, use the bathroom in the hall. So there's puddles of urine and feces everywhere, just a you know, nasty place. But the merchant's kind of pushy and starts to irritate the uh, the party, like questions Marcos's God and everything, and uh, that doesn't go over well. And then at one point, Cass's chicken, little chicken Henrietta that she got last episode. I don't know why I love a little chicken so much, but but the chicken, you know, comes out of her bag and tries to, you know, poke the merchant in the face and just kind of just basically scratches, draws blood on his cheek or whatever. They make it clear to the merchant that they'll, they'll try to help him, but he's going to have to come with them for now, so... So they continue, uh, they decide that they're going to, you know, they put the, the, the first, they make the tough decision of putting the, the two fighters out of their misery, which is the humane thing to do at this point. They're basically vegetables. And, uh, then they kind of retrace their steps and begin to explore a little bit more. They find the, the guard room that, that some of the knolls were in. There's nothing else really in there. And then they find a, a door at the end of the hallway where they can hear other knoll voices in there. So um, they open that door and kind of more or less ambush the knolls in there. <clears throat> they have a skirmish. And this is like an armory. So there are, um, there's nothing magical in there, but there's some stuff they can use, uh, particularly to help outfit the further outfit the men at arms. There's a couple suits of plate mail in there. Uh, I believe there's 14 silver tipped arrows that could come in useful at some point. So they've got some silver tipped arrows. The null fight <coughs> goes pretty well. Uh, Puck has got these claws of Luthic, which were taken off like the witch doctor orc last session, which basically allow you to attack twice around without the offhand two weapon fighting penalty. They're not considered magical. So there's no magic bonus to hit or anything, but still getting a two attacks around is, is, is quite fun, quite good. And so, uh, he get puck gets like a Wolverine moment, you know, cause he slashes once and hits and then comes back with the other one and hits again. So it's like first gets the knoll head dangling and then hits it again and it comes clean off. So the rest of the gnolls kind of swarm on to Puck after seeing that, and they do scratch him up pretty good. They uh, they land several blows, but before you know it, the rest of the party is, is taking care of them. Cass has this awesome plus two um, long spear now, so you know he can attack from ten feet away. So it's a really cool item. I'd love to have that as a fighter, a plus two long spear, be able to get up close or attack from behind a another party member. Uh, 
pretty badass. And, um, but, um, so they finish off the Knolls and by this time we're pushing 11 o'clock. We've been playing for about three hours, so we're never getting close to the end. And I think the, the, the merchant must've, I can't remember exactly, irritated them again. And Cass has her chicken again pop out to make an attack. This time it really hits true. So I just say, ah, oh, it plucks his eye clean out. You know, the eye comes out. And, uh, you know, the chicken plucking the eye out. Y'all, y'all got to understand, it's kind of like I mentioned during Top 3 Tuesdays. You know, my favorite movie of all time is, is The Meaning of Life, you know, doing no small part to the Mr. Creerso, you know, vomit scene. So gross out comedy is just in my blood. It's something I love. So, you know, we have a, there's a little minor escapade here with the, with the eyeball bouncing around, you know, rolling around on the nasty, hairy, you know, urine stained ground. Um, somehow, I forget exactly how to, it's probably Sunday morning for some of y'all eating breakfast, but somehow ends up in the merchant's mouth. Cast does a Heimlich maneuver on him. It pops out and bounces off the magic user and eventually gets stepped on. You know, so the, the merchant's screaming and screaming and making all this noise. So they decide they're going to have to just go back to what the Knowles had done and, you know, gag the merchant. Um, but, um, the, all the noise and ruckus and everything, a little secret panel. I'd rolled to see if the half elf noticed it, or if the dwarf was able to notice that there was a, a false kind of wall there, but they didn't notice. So as all this commotion and everything is happening with the eyeball shenanigans, a secret door opens up and some knolls come through. I get cast to roll, see if they're surprised. I was just going to do a, Surprise on a one and six, and she rolled a one. So that's what I left as a cliffhanger. The Knolls are going to come in and get a surprise attack on them. And anyway, <laughs> you know, it was a fun game, you know. Uh, it kind of devolved at the end with, uh, like I say, the eyeball shenanigans. But, you know, we're not we're not a very serious... <laughs> We're not always a very serious, sober table, I would say. Uh, we like to have fun with it. and Sometimes things like that happens. I mean, when your fighter's carrying a an attack chicken, you know, these things happen. So, anyway. So, it's fun. Uh, like I say, I, I, this adventure I'm using, kind of interjecting in the campaign here, is familiar to a lot of people, but I've, I've done some extensive uh, reskinning. Like, the knolls are... No, not supposed to be the thing that's in these caverns and uh there's some other tricks and treats i've got for the party in case anybody is familiar with what i'm using um they won't be completely uh they'll be a little bit surprised for that way but definitely by some some things if they for whatever reason were super familiar with it but we will see how next week goes. I know Lanix, the magic user, is going to be gone. Uh, probably the next two weeks, he's helping his aunt with a move. And uh, it's just those things that happen in you know, real life. you got to take care of that first. So Lanix won't be there. I still think Cyril's going to be missing You know, a lot of our summer sessions. Um, so 
it's probably a really good thing they didn't go straight to the trolls if they're not going to be at full power for a little bit. Uh, I would say it's not probably a good thing. It's definitely a good thing. But that's where we ended it for tonight. So uh, next week there'll be there'll be more exploration of the uh, the Great Rock Tale, and uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, I sure appreciate folks listening. Thank you to Rob C for calling in. Glad you enjoyed that. Um, next you'll hear from me is a top three Tuesday. I've got some good topics. Uh, should be a, a really a really fun one. I'm looking forward to it. So that'll be the next thing you hear from me on the podcast. If you uh, want to call in, call in on any on this show or any of my shows and uh, be put on, you can uh, use the Anchor app. I got several messages, kind of personal messages um, from uh, Mr. Yoder, from Liren, from uh, <coughs> Ivy the Happy Whisk, in reference to my daughter going on her, you know, being gone for Girl Scout camp, and I, I appreciated that. I'll mention that in another podcast. That was really nice of y'all to. Uh, to think of me that way and, and message me didn't make me feel any better, but it's kind nonetheless. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, if y'all have a, anybody wants to send me a email, it's froth soft, froth S O F at gmail.com. The audio blog is froth soft dnd.blogspot.com. Sure do appreciate the folks backing me on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Um, patreon.com forward slash thought eater only a dollar a month. If you want to support this program or the po- uh, the blog or whatever else. And I think that's about it. Logan, bring that beat back. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom,